Welcome to the ACC Now podcast. I'm sports columnist Luke DeCock. Uh, we have a, a, a guest sort of from outside the ACC today. Patrick Craigs is a media consultant, uh, former Fox Sports executive, is someone who's extremely plugged in on the world of, of college television and college television deals, which with the Big Ten's addition of UCLA and USC has become something that everybody's talking about in the barbershop and the golf course and wherever else you go, because it seems like that's the huge, the newest cloud hanging over college sports. Patrick, thank you very much for joining us. Hey, pleasure to be here, Luke. Thanks for having me. Let's start at the beginning. The sort of assumption in certainly in the ACC footprint is that the ACC somehow got locked into this long-term deal with ESPN that runs through 2036 had to do it to get this network that was supposed to save everything, but right. is now at a financial disadvantage. I, from your perspective, do you understand how the ACC got where it is? Yeah, without going through a lot of esoteric blocking and tackling, the ACC signed a long-term contract you know, a decade and a half ago um, at a time when everyone was doing long-term contracts, the Pac-12, the NC, men's NCAA basketball tournament. And the idea was that um, uh, at that time, uh, cable pay TV peak, and there was a significant amount of economics flowing from that system. It was enormously profitable, um, which is not, you know, so it was enormously profitable. And the idea was you lock in huge revenue streams because a dollar today in basic finance is always worth more than a dollar tomorrow. So you lock on your distribution with these big media companies and you take the economics. You know, what happened was, uh, as happens in all market economies, some disruption happened. Broadband and internet eventually fulfilled its promise, attrited the pay TV bundle, which by the way, is still enormously profitable, even though today it's in secular decline, enabled alternate forms of distribution. Not everyone had to be in the pay TV bundle. Um, and to that came the emergence of segmented conference channels. And the most successful of which would be the Big Ten Network, uh, which um, and 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 the SEC's success in partnering with SEC with 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 ESPN to create their own conference channel. So the thinking was, we need a conference channel too. The problem was, pay TV homes were declining now. Instead of being at peak or or, or at the time the Big Ten deal was done in two thousand seven, you know, still an ascension, right? Um, and um, a, a deal was reached to launch the pay TV network, the ACC network, um, because the, the, the conference wanted access to the economics that it saw the SEC and the Big Ten get it. And, and ESPN was prepared to do that. But in exchange, ESPN wanted to be able to have the content for a period of time so they could get a return on their investment. And ESPN seen the decline in the pay TV bundle, but they understood, Burke Magnus clearly understood, you know, of course he did, uh, that college basketball and college football were going to remain premium draws. And whatever happened to the disruption and change of the distribution system, uh, those were going to have value. So in exchange for that, the contract was extended again. And that seemed like to make some sense. And by the way, uh, a lot of people were getting the viability of, you know, pay TVs in secular decline. Like I said, it's enormously profitable. 
everybody said it was a terrible time to launch a conference channel. Everybody's going to single segmented streaming. It's all going to be direct to consumer. It's going to be very simple. It's going to be very simple. Uh, you're completely wrong to do this, ACC. It was an enormous success. You know why? Because pay TV distributors, despite losing subs, there are some people that get a lot of value out of the pay TV bundle and the people who stay want sports and news. And this was the perfect thing. So we pay for that and we drop other things. And um, so it did work and it did provide economics to the ACC. But the disruption continues, led by an attempt to try to get access to those profits in that established pay TV bundle and any new profits that can come or economics that can come from streaming, which instead of actually proving to be a zero sum kind of competitor, with the established system has been bolted on now kind of incrementally, either enabling packages that couldn't find homes in the established system, like Major League Soccer or the Thursday night package for the NFL. They, it, it, uh, the established media companies, far from not being able to compete in this area, created their own streaming networks and now do content deals across broadcast, pay TV and streaming. So, um, um, the, the, the basically the college conferences and the media companies have seen this and it's caused a realignment of big important brands for the biggest and most important um, 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 college football and college basketball brands. And the incentive was is that the best content is going to be very important to this new distribution system that features a established system in 65, 70 million US pay TV homes, enormously profitable and in decline, and a new streaming system that is uh, uh, reaches everybody, but is enormously unprofitable right now. Disney lost $800 million last quarter alone. Disney Plus has lost $6 billion in its four years of existence, approximately. Um, it's not like streaming is a layup with economics. So the two systems need each other. There's a lot of disruption. And the biggest and best content is bundling together. And that's what you saw. Texas and Oklahoma do enjoy the SEC, and now USC and UCLA joining the Big Ten. Do, do you so, get Do you get the sense? Sorry, do you get the sense that Fox with the Big Ten network and ESPN with the SEC are sort of driving that consolidation, or is that just sort of a function of the way the market's working? Um, I think that it, increasingly. The media networks and and all the content creators are sharing information and working with each other. Right, you have established partners. Fox, in particular, is is the primary owner, sixty percent. They moved several years ago to to exercise their uh, the Big Ten did their put option to make Fox become the majority owner of the Big Ten network, um, and um, they have a vested interest in seeing the Big Ten conference thrive. I will tell you that it was a long-term project at Fox when I was there to convince USC to look at their options, right? Um, that said, USC and UCLA joining the conference, it's my understanding from people both inside and outside the system that that came together pretty fast. And um, it just seemed at uh, uh, the right moment to do it. And um, it's helped by the fact that the Big Ten has a bit of a strategic advantage over the other conferences in the sense that it has the most dispersed alumni around the country, thanks to its enormously sized graduate schools. The, the market in the United States with the second number, uh, second largest number of living alumni outside of Chicago is Los Angeles. Mm. And so it makes complete sense. And I'm a big tinker at, I went to Indiana. Um, so, and I lived in, I've lived most of my life in Los Angeles. Um, so um, so it, there were some synergies here, but 
you know, so Fox is involved uh, and ESPN is involved, but that doesn't mean they're at the involved. They're, they're, they're involved in the sense that, uh, well, if you did do X, Y, and Z, this might be possible, right? But it's all enabled by access to the economics that are changing through distribution because the partners, ESPN and Fox, take the new reconstituted conferences and then have to go have conversations with primarily distributors. Advertising is probably 30% of this. Most of the long-term economics will come from contractual fee relationship based either with streaming services of some type or with pay TV distributors, both an established platforms traditionally called cable or the VMVPDs, which are owned by largely other companies and particular distributors. So, so they're gonna go and pivot to that. So they're obviously interested in having the best content to put together. So they are involved, um, but to say that they're somehow pulling the strings is a bridge too far. Um, the people who really are in control of this are the people who run the conferences. Yeah, and you mentioned the, the the carriage issues. We saw that with the ACC network with Comcast, which took forever to kind of was the the last big fish for the ACC to land last summer. Um, here's a, the, the you mentioned the Big Ten network and the SEC network having these sort of head starts and more established distribution things like that. The ACC may have had a chance to get going on a network six years earlier in 2010 when it re-upped at the SPN it decided to kind of keep Raycom in the loop as a syndicator, sort of your traditional ACC broadcast partner. Um, that's a decision that has been second guessed now, probably even more than going out to 2036, which as you said earlier, we all know had some very significant logic behind it. If the ACC had gone all in with ESPN in 2010, as opposed to keeping this sort of Raycom package and I don't want to say keeping ESPN at arm's length, but not going fully in and was further down the path to the network before 2016 when that trigger was finally pulled. Would the ACC potentially be in a better position now or were those forces already in motion before 2010? Like, was that a missed opportunity or was the ACC probably going to end up where it is now anyway? Um, so I guess they would be marginally better right? They would have earned incremental economics over those years. But but what's happened um, as we've consolidated, right? As, 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 the as the media ecosystem has evolved, it's become more competitive. And in that competition, um, there's pressure on uh, margins, there's pressure on revenue. So the, 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 the drive to consolidate on the content side is just as powerful as the drive to consolidate on the distribution side. And that was going to happen uh, through the evolutionary na nature of the internet um, one way or another. Now, having your conference channel in hand five years earlier, you know, a half decade earlier somehow, um, at the time, I, you know, it's, it's hard to know what the future is. You know, I had somebody, as I'm a lifelong researcher. I started in research before I became a programmer. I, I, I got to tell you, predicting the future is hard. And uh, I don't know if everybody out there realizes that or not, but uh, I, I, I spent years, as, you, as, as we talked about, in North Carolina, in the Army at Fort Bragg, and uh, Ray Carm, a big deal, right? I mean, it's like you just, these relationships are powerful, and the evolution of college into the biggest, maybe the second most important, particular college football, maybe the second most important sport in the United States behind the NFL, right? Even though it's fragmented, it really is. Uh, you know, that was relevant, you know, a decade ago, but not on the scale it is now, right? I, I don't think if you asked somebody 10 years ago, 
if we were at Fox, somebody had said, hey, you know what? You know what would be great? Uh, we just got this Big Ten network launch. Let's add USC and UCLA. And people have been like, dude, slow down. <laughs> okay, we just digested Nebraska. Relax. So I, 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 don't, I don't know about the hindsight on yeah. that. They would, have, they would have earned more economics. But what's going on right now is being driven by, by the impact and the evolution and distribution and the need for content to come together to be more powerful and more attractive. And college football is 80% of the economics in college sports. Assembling the best and biggest brands is the objective, uh, along with the other schools who round this out. But this is about the biggest and best brands who are driving this and assembling them in as many places as possible. We're going to end up with like 3.5 conferences, yeah. four conferences in the end. And um, we know who two of them are. The question is, what will happen with everything else? So that's a great segue into sort of if, if you were in the ACC, you know, the Pac-12 is, is sort of wounded now and trying to figure out what it's doing. The Big 12 is still out there. The ACC still has a sort of half pregnant arrangement with Notre Dame. But I mean, I think you can make the argument I have that a lot of the ACC's predicament has to do with the fact that Miami and Virginia Tech have not been nationally relevant in college football the way they were 20 years ago. And Boston College was even briefly nationally relevant. Now they're, you know, a complete zero. Uh, what The ACC has Clemson, has Miami, still a powerful brand. Louisville has some value. Uh, North Carolina, when you start looking at these sort of national branding rankings or surveys or what have you, what, what are the ACC's options now? And what are some of the sort of maybe crazier things that the ACC could consider if, if we are headed to a three or three and a half conference system? Well, um, so look, I think the name of the game right now is getting as many elite college football brands together as possible. All right. So what you really want to be is you want to be in this third position, whether it's by yourself or tied with another conference that can keep um, the Big Ten and the SEC in the front windshield. I don't think anyone can really catch them at this moment in time. I think even if you, the only way to really probably catch them would be to take the top remaining brands from the top three conferences plus Notre Dame and assemble them somehow. Now that could be done by somebody creative and, exec and, and, and aggressive with a half billion dollars in hand, but I don't hear anybody trying to do that. So you have to deal with the three existing power conferences and the small parts that are around them to try to assemble the best brands you can. Um, so at the moment, the ACC is very fortunate. I think we don't, we kind of, they kind of don't count their blessings. Like you said, there's been underperformance among some of these traditional top brands in the football side of the ACC. Two years of Florida State and Miami being top 15 teams, along with Clemson, fixes that problem by itself. And when you think about where this is probably going to an expanded college football playoff. Um, you have to take into account that um, it's all about slots and access to that, right? And so we know the Big Ten and the SEC are going to have access to that. We also know that schools like Clemson are probably also going to have access to it. The question is, how are they going to get that? How's Florida State going to get that? How's Miami going to get that? Is it going to be via slots with the ACC or will it be via slots versus something else? I think the most dangerous thing for the conferences that are not the Big Ten, the SEC right now, is the college football playoff expansion. In truth, the Big Ten and the SEC don't need the college football playoff. They could say goodbye to it and create their own playoff and then just invite people. That is the worst case scenario for all the football brands that are left. 
They want to avoid that at all cost. I mean, theoretically, that would probably work. Yeah, if you if you had a, a Big Ten team, Big Ten champion, SEC champion, and two other teams, which may be from the Big Ten and SEC, but if you start there, you have a sort of legitimacy that you can start, you can go go from there and not worry about the rest. Yeah, I mean, they, they could just start an 18 playoff on their own and then say, hey, by the way, Clemson, if you want to play, come. Florida State, you want to play, come. Miami, you want to play, come. Uh, we'll take you. You know, we'll slot you in maybe. But the point of the matter is, is that they have an awful lot of power. So balancing that out, right, in particular by being able to balance it out with Fox, ESPN, or even the opportunity for for, for some of these brands with uh, the media networks that are kind of locked out of, college, of the Fox, ESPN, college football duopoly, CBS and NBC, uh, the, the, the new Discovery Warner Brothers that includes the Turner Networks and the non-traditional digital players that are the one who acquire some sports media uh, like uh, Apple and Amazon, but who are largely still trying to sort out its value in portfolio. Well, you know, doing that is very important. The ACC has an existing contract with ESPN. It needs an opportunity to redo that, obviously. Um, and so performance on the field can help with that. But um, finding schools that might want to join you, um, it could also help with that. Uh, it, it, there's a lot of questions about just what's going to happen with Notre Dame. And, and they can be a kingmaker, right? But we really don't know. The incentive for Notre Dame is to kind of keep as much control as they can while get as much money as they can. And it's not clear whether they can remain independent and do that or not. Um, they may be able to do that, right? But they also could provide a kingmaker uh, kind of situation uh, if somebody's prepared to make a bold enough offer to them. I, I don't think that's going to happen in the next year or two. I think we're going to have this kind of um, kind of, you know, like World War One, where everybody figured out they couldn't advance on each other and this kind of on either sides of the trenches for a little bit here. But when you merge out of it, I've been a big advocate publicly. Um, uh, somebody needs to really think boldly about this, because if you don't think boldly, I don't know if you're going to survive. I mean, if you're not going to survive anyway, why not try to do something big? And I, I think you have to look at that. So I think when it comes to the ACC, they need to be thinking big. I think they're in a good place. They have a college football contract. The big problem is, is that the economics won't help them keep up with the SEC and the Big Ten. But you might have a year or two to sort out how you fix some of that. And that's its opportunity. They're in a better position. And they're in a better position than I think, you know, in some ways than, than the, the big the Big 12 and the Pac-12. I know everybody says because of the grant of rights, that does provide a ton of flexibility, but you got to do something with it. Right. And the longer we get, the closer we get to 2036, the less money is tied up in that grant of rights, the, the more flexibility teams have. So there is also that time pressure there as well. I did want to ask you, I want to circle back to some of the ACC's options, but I did want to ask you about the grant of rights. The Some people you talk to say that the grant of rights, which for people who don't know what that is, Basically, every ACC school signed over their rights to the ACC. That means their media rights, uh, their television rights, all these things through the end of this television contract, which is 2036, meaning even if they were to leave and find a way out and get to the Big Ten or SEC, any money they would get from the Big Ten or SEC would still go to the ACC office. And, and it, it obviously wouldn't happen that way, but that's the deterrent. Do you see, you know, and the ACC's grant of rights is just cut and pasted from the Big 12's grant of rights. This is not a particularly complex legal document. <laughs> are there are there loopholes that you've seen? I mean, 
Nobody has challenged the grant of rights yet in court or in, uh, you know, Oklahoma and Texas don't appear like they're going to do it. But that doesn't mean that it's not, that it's completely inviolable. I, have you heard or talked to anyone or, or thought of that there may be any loopholes other than basically just getting a giant bucket of money and buying your way out? Well, I, it's, so I, I have, so I, I work very closely with a lot of very, very good sports media attorneys and agents, and I have for, for many years and in constructing deals and working on deals and doing my own deals. Um, and and uh, look, that you can, pro- there, there's some people who think there's a way to attack the grant of rights. This all takes time, right? So if, and, and what's interesting, I think, is if one school decides to go and the rest of the schools want to stay, then that's a, you know, that, that could be a litigation issue, okay? But if you've got three or four schools that want to go, um, it may be very challenging to keep the conference together. Um, maybe beside the point to try to do that, right? And um, certainly in the case of the Big 12 and the Pac-12, they just don't have to worry about that because where their grant of rights expire. Uh, with the ACC, if four or five schools say, look, we're joining, we're joining a new conference, we're joining an old conference, whatever, uh, it, it's going to be hard to keep the conference together. It's going to be the conference itself, uh, if it has a unification from 90% of its schools, the schools now suddenly this is becomes a big legal question and and if somebody's prepared to to try to go get four or five schools out of the ACC uh, because one of the problems that any merger has right is the schools that join have to provide enough lift to the current amount of money that the schools get which comes from networks and media companies and distributors which means in turn they have to get it from somebody right so you've got to have a lot of leverage to do that we've kind of lost the ability to add one school unless it's probably Notre Dame, right? really make an incremental difference. So the AC, it's not like Clemson can just join to the SEC and the SEC says, we're suddenly 10% more valuable. The SEC is so valuable, you need more. Yeah. You know, Oregon to join, right? Yeah. It's like suddenly you need like three or four schools. So in any head, when I think about the ACC and what their option, if it, it's going to take to make, you know, to if, if anybody goes, it's going to be like three or four going. Right. It's not going to be one. That's you mentioned a, a, a point that people come to me all the time. Say, well, why can't the ACC add Army and Navy or West Virginia and, and whoever? And I, the point I always make to them is you already have, well, 14.2 mouths to feed with your current media deal. If you add Army and Navy, you're not going to get that much more money and you have two more mouths to feed. I mean, I arguably, I think the ACC's best path of action forward, and you can do this in the bylaws, is to kick Boston College out. It's not going to change the value of your, seriously, it's not going to change the value of your media deals. And you've got one fewer mouth to feed. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a school that hasn't contributed anything to the conference. Now, would university presidents be that cold-blooded? I don't think so. But from a strictly fiduciary perspective, that may make the most sense. Notre Dame, you mentioned, that's, that's the one. There's one school out there that would add value to the ACC. Um, you know, West Virginia, God bless them. I, there's nothing, there's nothing there. Army and Navy, there's nothing there. Uh, but Notre Dame's different. What if you're Jim Phillips, the ACC commissioner, is there anything that you should be planning, trying, scheming, stri- strategizing right now to try to bring North Notre Dame into the fold? Or are they just, I, I, it seems to me now the way the landscape has changed. If Notre Dame's going anywhere, they're going to the Big Ten. That's what the way it feels to me. If they go anywhere, 
Yeah. So, 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 so the question I have with that 10, what's the lift? The lift's huge already. Yeah. Right? If you add them now, I don't know that, that, so it's all about negotiations too, right? So you've added USC and UCLA. So you go back to the distributors and you go get a 20% bump. You're already going to get a big bump because you're the big 10. And now you go get another even bigger bump because you've added Los Angeles and Southern California and, and two of the iconic brands of college football, in particular, one of the most important iconic brands in the University of Southern California. So, and but if you do it with Notre Dame, it's like, okay, well, now we'll get 27, we'll get 25 or 30. Right. Wouldn't it be better to do it like go 20% for SC and UCLA and then in four years or go, do another 20 again? Yeah. And Notre Dame, I, you know, sometimes you can overthink these things, but these numbers are high. If if I were if I were the commissioner of the ACC and I'm and 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 I'm not um, and I'm not going to be um, but um, but if I were advising him my suggestion would be it's worth going to Notre Dame and and the other ACC schools have to look at this very practically and saying look um, what's what's the price you instantaneously make us conference number three for sure. Probably, probably like two, two B or there's two ones, right? Really, one A, one B. Argue about them. So we're two, and if you join, perhaps we can pivot and grab some of those smaller schools that don't add value on their own. You can grab a West Virginia for scheduling purposes because they play competitive football. You can grab Oklahoma State or one of the the Texas schools that make sense. Or even if you decide you really want to, you can go grab Washington and Oregon, maybe. Right. But if you have Notre Dame even by itself, you kind of fix your positioning problem. All right. And now you and the pitch to Notre Dame would be, look, let's figure out the economics. And there may be several years where Notre Dame gets more than the other ACC schools, but they're locked in and we're married. Now you go back to ESPN and say, OK, guys. And, and our friend Burke Magnus says, uh, yeah, I get it. OK, so we're going to do this. The problem is Notre Dame and NBC. Um, and, and, and how that situation works itself out. And what may be interesting for the ACC and ESPN is if Fox and ESPN are no longer going to cooperate in a college football duopoly, perhaps ESPN and NBC can cooperate on a large expanded uh, uh, duopoly for ACC slash Notre Dame. I think that you have to look at that and, and, and figure out what it will take. To, to bring a Notre Dame in. And I think also for Notre Dame, Notre Dame, and I'm sure they're thinking about this. First of all, it's it's as the great college football, as the great sports media uh, programming executive once, Cindy Lauper once said, money changes everything, right? So for Notre Dame, it's all about money. I mean, it's really is, it's going to be about money. It has to be, or they won't be able to keep up. But there is something to be said for, look, you can either come to the ACC and then you also are going to play other brands that are not as strong in football. Or you can go play in the Big Ten and you can play Michigan, then roll into Penn State and then go face Indiana at home that just wants to kamikaze you to death. Because if they beat you, it's the best thing that's happened in 10 years to include bowl games. Right. So you can go play this suicide mission wall and it would be. The Big Ten is vicious. right? One of the reasons why they're getting ready to the divisions there is because it's just impossible for emerging teams like Indiana to get through the fact that they got to play Penn State, Ohio State, and Michigan every year, try to find different routes for people to get some more victories, right? Um, and the divisions weren't working out on that. Um, it, it, you, you can do that, or you can come to the ACC, you're going to play, you're going to play, uh, at some point, Florida State will be relevant again. 
right? There's, a, there's certain programs in the ACC that have intangibles. They have the brands, they have the facilities, they have the economics internally, and they have the alumni base and desire to win, right? So Florida State becomes relevant. You're gonna, you, you have the potential to play three to four top 10 matchups a year in conference, but you don't have to go on this kind of, you know, uh, uh, a suicide conquering mission through the Big Ten every single year. I, I kind of, if I'm Notre Dame, it's it's going to be great. It would be great television, but it also is going to be exhausting. Yeah. I just really think it is. Everybody's going to defeat one of the seasons made if Notre Dame gets beat in a way. And, and you can ask Ohio State and Michigan how this works out. They they It's nearly impossible for anybody to go undefeated in the Big Ten. Right. So I feel like the ACC offers them. They're already integrated with the other sports, which also is important. You know, the other sports are going to benefit from these new economics. Yeah. Um, so I had somebody the other day who's a very good friend of mine who's an AD at a Pac 12 school. I said, How in the world is girls lacrosse going to work on that trip to from UC when UCLA heads out to Rutgers? He said, They're just going to buy airplanes, Pat. It's going to be super easy. There's going to be so much money. I said, You know what? Okay, fair enough. Everybody gets a private jet. Every team gets a private jet in the new system. But they're already integrated in that. Um, so uh, to me, it, it's about that. And if you can get Notre Dame to come in and everybody will accept it, you may be able to bring in a couple other brands. And, and now you've got something you can go to ESPN and get a bunch more money. You can go to um, it, it, It's an opportunity to expand, but it hinges on Notre Dame in some ways. That. That hasn't changed with USC and UCLA. Um, it's funny, as someone who's covered professional leagues where teams charter and have their own planes and flies cross country, I can tell you it is not as easy as that AD makes it sound. That's going to be an interesting dynamic for some of yeah, those, some of those teams. Um, Pat, thanks very much. Uh, again, we've, we've, we've highlighted your, your North Carolina connect, connection station at Bragg, and uh, your wife is a Duke grad in the interest of disclosing all conflicts of interest here but thank you very much for your time it's these are are obviously uh turbulent times uh for college athletics and and somehow the acc has found itself in the crosshairs again i covered the first expansion when the acc was the one tearing apart the big east and uh that's funny how that the big wheel in the sky keeps on turning so thanks for your time i enjoyed it absolutely look it was uh terrific anytime anytime